I brought a friend for Donnie later. So I'm just going to put him right here so he can concentrate next time when he sings. His name is Flash. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he sits in the passenger seat of my car, and uh, he scared many bank tellers. Uh, this service will be a little different than the next, and uh, I won't pre-tell what's going to happen in the next service, but hopefully, all right, it's not gonna, that's not going to come up any higher. Hopefully, I'll have my job afterwards, but if you want to see some excitement and some genuine children's ministry preaching, you come to the next service as we celebrate. I have no notes for this morning. I have a scripture and a quote. I may get to those. BBS this year, the theme is an encounter with Jesus. And I have a couple stories, and I've shared a couple stories about different encounters that I've had or my wife has had with other people. And I, um, I was like, man, I just don't have any really great stories. And uh, of, that's impactful. But I thought as uh, this morning, that's kind of why I'm a little bit emotional right now, so I, I apologize. You just never know what you're going to get with me. But um, I realized that, I remembered, I guess, that God has allowed me the opportunity and the privilege and the challenge, and the responsibility to encounter so many people. And how that encounter, because of the encounter that I had with Jesus Christ one day, and the things that he has brought me through, has had an impact on those individuals. And in many, in many ways, they've had an impact right back on me, reciprocal right back on me. In... Uh, in 1996, I graduated Jacksonville, or uh, Trinity Baptist College in Jacksonville, Florida, and we moved back home uh, to Denham Springs. We wanted my son, who was young at the time, to be around grandparents. So it pretty much was, do we go to New Jersey? Do we go to Baton Rouge? So we did what all good parents do. Before we prayed, we did rock, paper, scissors, you know, and to see who would win. And fortunately, unfortunately, you decide we ended up here. I went to the minister of, I guess, associate pastor at Avon Baptist Church and said, uh, we're here, we like something to do, which is always dangerous when you ask a pastor that. Um, and it's dangerous for you to ask me that, because if you're going to ask me, I'm going to tell you. You don't have to ask me, because I'm going to come find you sooner or later, so... Um, a lot of people avoid me because they don't, oh, here comes Brother Frank. He's going to find something for me to do, uh, and I will find you. So if I haven't tapped you yet, it's coming. He said, you know what? We need some help with preschool during the church hour. And I'm like, okay, we'll do that. I did not take a course in college about dealing with children. 
I never had a desire to deal with children. Um, we had a child. That was pretty cool. And uh, so we jumped into the children's ministry at uh, Amen Baptist Church. And like most children folks, they get put in a children's position, Sunday school, Awana, uh, music, BBS, and they're forgotten about. <laughs> you know, they just show up every week, and for five or six years, we just invested our lives into the lives of little kids. I didn't have a training manual. Just we we just started making things up. If it didn't work this week, we did it the next week, and if it didn't work that week, we did it the next week. And my wife and I became fierce, fierce defenders and lovers of kids. And since that day to this day, God has given me the opportunity to intersect with the lives of kids, to have those encounters. Today, one of those children is in South Korea at a training camp, ready to spend two months doing mission work in South Korea. One of those kids is with his parents in uh, Thailand at an international school. He's not ministering. He's just trying to stay out of trouble. But his parents are three hours away in in dealing with a people group that 2% or less of the population have ever heard the name of Jesus. Ever heard the name of Jesus? His sister is serving in uh, doing summer missions in an undisclosed location, his older brother is in school now, and he's in international school, just like I said, trying to stay out of trouble. Uh, there are several kids who are, that I've ministered to that I've had a chance to impact are doing uh, summer interns work uh, in different churches here in the area and some in other parts of, uh, of America. Um, and they're doing well in spite of me. In this room... There's a little Casey in the back. I pick on her all the time, but I've had the opportunity just to kind of be able to hang out with her. She was one of those preschoolers. Little big kid, little curly, walking around, and just adorable, you know, just Casey. She's amazing just to be able to hang out with her, to be with her some of her wonderful days and some of her dark days. God's given me that opportunity. Little Lauren used to come to her grandparents, and her mom too sometimes, bring her to a one or a kids club at uh, a meet, and she would just come and just hang out at the desk with me and Ms. Sharon and Casey, and we would just talk about things, and she was just an amazing, amazing kid, and just have some of those brief encounters, um, and I'd go on. When I first came here, uh, I was, as you know, kind of wounded, kind of weary, and uh, of ministry, and I mean, y'all, y'all, <laughs> came together and say, we're, we're, we, we see something in that guy. We're going to let him be on staff. We're with our kids. He's a little crazy, but it, I'm sure it'll work out. I, I think we're doing okay so far. <clears throat> I found solace and comfort in working with the kids in Awana. And if you know me, if you're quiet or you're bad, I'm going to be drawn to you uh, because I like the quiet kids and I like the bad kids. Uh, one, because those are the kids that nobody, some, that are missed. The bad kids are, are ignored or put aside because we don't want to deal with them. And the quiet kids don't cause any trouble, so we're not going to deal with them. 
And uh, so I've just hanging out in Awana, just listening and being with those kids was such a comfort to me. This morning, and I knew this was going to happen, but I wasn't prepared for it. But I realized, little Elizabeth here, most of the times that I've spoken here at Live Oak Baptist Church since I've been here, she's been on the stage with me or near me or before me. She's one of those little girls that wanted nothing to do with me when I first came here. Wouldn't say a word. And today, she won't shut up. <laughs> she won't shut up. Um, and uh, to be able to minister with her as she's now going into seventh grade, and she's going to be now under Mike's tutelage, and he better do a good job, okay? Because I know where he lives. I know where he's all. He's not even in here for me to pick on, but go ahead and tell him I said that. You know, to be able to to be able to be able to minister with her, Abigail, the same same way to hear two precious little girls saying, and and you think, oh well, it's VBS, and that's what we're supposed to do, and and yeah, I guess that's kind of neat, but it's it's more than that. It's a picture of an encounter that we as an adults can have with children because of the encounter that we've had with Jesus Christ to make an impact on a life of a child make an impact on the life of a child. <clears throat> Another kid, his name was Braxton, that I had a lot of involvement with, and, and uh, too much so that Daxton, I've for the first two years called him Braxton, and still do every now and then, and he's been so patient and gracious with me. I think the last time he kind of schooled me a little bit, um, but that's okay. Who is on your list of folks I've been looking at Lucas over here, and there's there's some epic stories of Lucas and I we've had over the years. Man, amazing, an amazing kid. You want to know it, something about anything, you go talk to him. He will tell you. He will tell you. We traveled from last year. This is funny. We traveled from Alexandria to Louisiana all the way back to Denham Springs, and Lucas was waxing eloquent on the weather and correcting one of the other kids in the car who thought they knew everything about weather, and he was correcting them. It was, it was epic and amazing, and uh, I just love it. And I guess some people are made for that. Some people aren't, but kids are amazing, and they need us. They need us to care so much that we're going to decorate some rooms. We're going to be inconvenienced. We're going to take time out of our week to invest in them. We're going to be willing to do things different and sometimes that are difficult because uh, the impact that we can have on a child um, is an amazing opportunity. And if we do not take the opportunity to intersect with them in the name of Jesus Christ, we will lose them. And shame on us. Shame on all of us. So as you go to your Sunday school classrooms this morning and there are monkeys and decorations on the wall and it's not what it's supposed to be, all sanctified and sanitized. Of course, most of you don't even know what your Sunday school room looks like because it is different from last week. But you can just pretend that it's there. Thank God. Thank God that there exists a church in Livingston Parish who cares so much about kids, we're willing to upset the apple cart to invest in the life of them. Invest in the life of them. Our scripture this week is is very, very simple. It's from the book of John. I I love John. I I love everybody in the Bible. We all do. But 
John was the best friend of Jesus. Let's think about that. Outside his, his mom and, the, and his dad that he knew for a short while, his brothers, stepbrothers and sisters, half-brothers, half-sisters, there was no human person that was closer to Jesus Christ than John. He was the only disciple that stayed with him all the way to the cross. He was the only disciple that Jesus could look out and say, John, you take care of my mom, because I'm not going to be here for a while. Take care of her. And he writes this epic letter that we all kind of think, oh, this is just cool scripture, and he writes a lot of this cool doctrinal stuff, and he, he sees Jesus, and he sees these signs, and he sees these wonders, and it's an amazing uh, a book, an amazing account of what Jesus did here on earth, and, and it is all those things and more, but it is a letter that was penned by the hand of the guy who was closest to Jesus than anyone else than anyone else. And in fact, I believe that his words have to have, not that there's words of the Bible that are greater than the others, but just think about the relationship and the encounter that John had with Jesus. He had encounters that were never even written about that we can't even imagine. Think about your closest friend. You know about their good days, you know about their bad days. Yeah, Johnny and I are close friends. You don't think he has bad days? Because, you know, Johnny, 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 he has some bad days. Um, and for $20 or a sponsorship for a child to camp, I will tell you about those bad days, okay? No, just kidding. Uh, sort of. Um, but he knows those things. I mean, John knew what Jesus Smelled like. He experienced his bad breath, his bad hair days. He saw sweat on Jesus' brow and everywhere else, probably. He knew what Jesus ate. He could look at him and say, when he needed water or needed nourishment or needed rest. He was intimately close because he, for three years, had a daily encounter with the Son of God. He knew what he was talking about. So near the end of his letter, he writes these words. He says, these things I write to you so that you will know that Jesus is the Son of God. And that he could change your life, paraphrased. Now, even in that, we could miss the reality of that verse. This is chapter 20 of the book of John. All the verses preceding that particular verse speak of the glorious day that Jesus rose from the grave. And he spoke of those who came to the tomb and looked inside. The stone rolled away and there was nothing inside. Nothing. Jesus was not there. They talked to him. They thought he was the gardener, but he said, no, uh, I am Jesus. 
Some of them talked to angels when Jesus was, you know, between heaven and earth and doing whatever he was doing. And he said, you know, the guy you're looking for is not here, he's risen. And then at the end of all those activities and all those things that we all know so well, John says, I'm writing you these things so you may know that Jesus is the Son of God. True, he was referring to the entirety of Scripture, specifically the Old Testament, because that's the only thing that's been written down. So yes, he's saying that specifically when you study the syntax and the writing of his word, he was speaking not about even all the other things he had written in the previous 19 chapters. He was writing specifically about the event that just transpired before his eyes, that his BFF died on a cross and he rose again. And that he's writing about because that is how we know beyond any shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the Son of of God. He is the risen Savior, glorious and victorious. So, yes, the ancients wrote about him. Yes, there were hundreds of prophecies about him. Yes, they heard that from Jesus' own mouth that you take this temple down in three days, I'm going to build it back up. They knew all the scriptures. They heard all the signs and all that was wondrous and glorious and amazing and good and true. But until Jesus actually came back to life, none of it mattered until he rose on that third day. And that validated everything that had been said. And it's the one fact, the one event that makes the difference, the only difference in our lives. And that is the encounter with Jesus Christ that we want to share with our children these next few days. In the parentheses of life, in the reality of our everyday, that is the encounter that we have had with Jesus, that we need to shout to the world of who Jesus really is. And if you haven't figured it out here at Live Oak Baptist Church, uh, stick around a lot longer because you will hear the constant drumbeat that our goal, that our mission is to know God, to grow in him, and to go and tell the world about the amazing thing that Jesus did on the third day. And that fact, that event, that truth will, if you just accept that gift, change your life. Change your life. This week, We have hundreds of kids coming to give us the opportunity to tell them that. We don't have to knock on the door, even though we've knocked on some doors. We don't have to pass out a flyer, even though we've passed out flyers. We don't have to push stuff on Facebook and social media, even though we've done all those things. We just have to get in our cars and come here and show up, and they will be here. And not only them, there'll be moms and dads dropping them off. Well, Brother Frank, I I haven't been assigned to class. There's nothing for me to do. And I'm going to tell you right now that every single car that drives on this parking lot will have a parent, a grandparent, a brother, a sister, somebody that you can go and knock on the door. Hey, my name is Richard, and I'm the coolest guy in this whole church. (laughs) Do you know about Jesus? Have you thought maybe to come and stay um, to hear about the opening celebration, just come in with your kids. Okay, you can sit in the back. 
Let them hear. Come at the end. Just don't wait in your car. Come on in and hear what God has. You want to follow them around? We could make arrangements with that. Well, that's not what's supposed to happen. You know? Well, okay. Remember what I said at the beginning, Brother Frank? I'll do whatever for kids. Okay? Um, and if we have to hoodwink their parents to come in and get saved so I get more of the kids, we'll do that too. That's not a, we won't hoodwink them. We'll tell them the truth about But there's an opportunity for you to do something. Don't miss that opportunity. Don't miss that opportunity. One, that is what Live Oak Baptist Church is here for. That is what Brother Howard, those before him, and those who serve with him gave up so much to give us the opportunity to do that. That's why men, I'm going to say a few names, and I know I'm going to miss them. That's why the Mark Hiles, that's why the Bobby Dales, that's why the Lord Morgans, that's why the James Smiths, they come up here and others, countless others, and give their time at this church so that we as the large have the opportunity to share the gospel with everyone. With everyone. And John reminds us that I wrote about this thing that will change everything. So come be part of it. Come be part of it. You know, I don't have stories like, like Johnny. I don't have some stories like Mike or Donnie or... I don't have some stories like Frank. Uh, we didn't go out finding those stories. We just were sharing our encounter that we've had with the risen Savior. You want a story? Share yours. Share yours. And they will come in abundantly. You've never done it before? That's okay. Six o'clock tonight. Five o'clock tonight, show up. Start telling your story. Start telling your story. Got six nights in a row that you can do that. Okay, you don't have to approach anybody. You know, at a gas pump because it's scary. You don't have to say anything to the attendant at Walmart. You don't have to knock on a door. You just have to come and talk to some people that will be here tonight. And if you know you totally miss this opportunity, there's going to be more because that's what Live Oak Baptist Church is all about. About going and telling. About going and telling. Why? Because we want to share the gospel. We want this place to be a safe place. We want this to be that spiritual ER where people can come and be healed with the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And why do we want, why are we praying, and why is God blessing us with more and more people? Is it so that Johnny can go to the association and say, we had 200 in Sunday school today. We're the greatest church in all of Livingston, yay, the world. <laughs> oh, I almost said a bad word. That is so opposite of the truth. Why is God giving his people so we can better equip us, so that we can enlarge our footprint, so that we can tell more people, and we can do it more efficiently, more effectively, so that more people can know that is the heart of your pastor. That is the heartbeat of this church. It's the heartbeat of the, the legacy of this church. And if we did anything else, it would be an injustice to those who have given so much for this church to be here. Not to say an injustice to the name of Jesus Christ. So what are we going to do with all that? The answer is simple. We jump in and get involved. 
We jump in and get involved.